Chapter Seven of Around the World with the Children by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Chapter Seven: The Great Plain of China. We have now said goodbye to Japan and have gone westward to China. We are still in the North Temperate Zone, for China is about the same distance north of the equator as our own country and Japan. We are on the mainland of the continent of Asia. Far away from the ocean and upon a great plain. The land here is flat and level. Land that is level, or nearly so, is called a plain. A place where the land rises a little above the other land about it is called a hill. A very high hill is a mountain. The low land between two hills or mountains is called a valley. In the great plain of China, where we are now, the country is flat. It is divided into many small fields. There are no fences of wood or wire, but each field has a low mud wall around it. On some of the walls, grass and wild flowers are growing. The people often walk on the walls to keep from spoiling the crops. Here is a rice field. Over there is a field of green beans, and beyond is a great thicket of little mulberry trees. The mulberry leaves are the food of silkworms. The silkworms spin cocoons of silk. And China thus produces a large part of the silk that is worn. Many of our stores have for sale ribbons, neckties, and dress goods made of silk that has been sent from China across the ocean to us. China was the first country in the world to make silk. It was also the first to use tea. Some of the best tea in the world comes from bushes that grow in China. The leaves are picked by boys and girls and carried to factories where they are dried. They are then packed in boxes. And shipped across the Pacific Ocean to us, the ships take back to China American flour and cotton and many other kinds of goods. How the Chinese are dressed! On every side we can see villages of mud huts. There are also towns and cities with houses of brick. The fields seem alive with men, women, and children at work, and the roads and paths are lined with people. The children look much like our little Japanese friends, but their clothing is different. They have yellow skin and black eyes, a trifle aslant, and their hair is jet black. To what race do they belong? The yellow race is one of the most important races on earth. We saw millions of this race in Japan, and there are many millions more here in China. Most of the children we meet are dressed in cotton, but now and then we pass one wearing silk. The boys wear long gowns, and the girls wear coats and pantalets. Most of the boys wear their hair short. As is now the fashion in China, the little girls have their hair cut short just over the forehead, while the rest is allowed to grow long and is put up in a roll on the head. Many of the boys wear little round silk caps with red silk buttons on top, but most of the girls are bareheaded. The children at work in the fields have on straw hats as big around as a parasol. They are bent over, and some have tucked up their clothes so that we can see only their yellow legs and their big hats. They look like huge birds in the green fields. The roads are crowded with men, women, and children dressed in bright colors. There are men in big hats and blue cotton clothes, each carrying boxes or baskets on the two ends of a pole which rests on his shoulder. There are boys without hats carrying burdens on poles trotting behind. There are men with loads on their backs and men bent half double, pushing wheelbarrows loaded with goods. There are rich men in gowns of bright silk or satin, and boys dressed in the same way. 
here comes a little girl riding in a chair she wears clothes made of red satin the chair is carried by men dressed in blue cotton it is held up between two long poles that rest upon their shoulders it bobs up and down as they trot along behind them is a rude cart hauled by a mule and still farther back come three camels in single file each camel has two boxes of tea on each side of its hump get out of the way of that wheelbarrow there are two men and a boy sitting upon it they are making a trip by wheelbarrow as we would take a taxicab ride at home chinese children often ride to school that way and pay half a cent for the trip the wheelbarrow is not like our wheelbarrows with a small wheel at the front end this barrow has a large wheel in the middle and the passengers sit on each side of the wheel such chinese wheelbarrows are used to carry not only passengers but also all kinds of goods a boy is sometimes harnessed to the front of the barrow he pulls while his father pushes behind a chinese home as we walk along over the plain we meet ah chi a chinese boy and his sister yi su they have faces the color of cream and their twinkling black eyes peep out at us through their queer little lids yi su's head is covered with a cap of bright beads and her long black hair is braided it hangs down her back but is cut short at the front in a fringe that half covers her forehead both children are dressed in silk their father is a well-to-do merchant and they have far better clothes to wear than the children we saw at work in the fields yi su wears a pink satin jacket and wide pantalettes of dark red her coat falls to her knees and her pantalettes almost touch her gaily colored silk shoes ah chi has on a silk gown of bright blue embroidered with flowers it falls to his knees under it are blue silk trousers tied tight around the ankles he wears white socks his shoes are a black cloth with thick soles painted white as we come up the children bow low and ah chi puts his two yellow fists together and shakes them at us his eyes are friendly or we might think he meant to fight that is how the chinese shake hands we shake our fists in the same manner and are soon laughing and talking with him ah chi tells us he will act as our guide he calls some of the other boys and we walk with them across the fields to a chinese city not far away we walk single file in the narrow path and soon reach the walls there are walls around most chinese cities we pass through a gate. Achi tells us the gates are closed every night and opened again in the morning. He says the walls were built to keep out robbers. Now we are inside the city. We are moving along through narrow streets paved with bricks. The houses have walls of gray bricks with roofs of black tiles. The buildings are all low. The houses are of one or two stories. Some stand close to the streets. Others are back in large yards which have high walls around them one yard may enclose several houses all owned by one family we go to the home of achi and yisu and live there during our stay in china the house has many rooms and some of them have lattice work walls with panes of white paper like the sliding walls of japanese houses the floors and outer walls are of brick and each of the bedrooms has a wide brick ledge about as high as a chair running along one side of the room these ledges are the beds ah chi shows us that there are pipes or flues under them he says that fires are made in the pipes so that the beds can be kept warm during the night he shows us how he sleeps there upon some matting with his bedclothes wrapped around him 
his head rests on a little hard pillow this chinese house is well furnished most of the rooms have furniture of black wood beautifully carved the tables are not low like those we saw in japan they are as high as our own tables at home the chairs are like ours some of them are made of wicker work and others of wood there are also wide benches with cushions upon which to sit or lie some families have bedsteads which they use in warm weather fine furniture like this is to be found only in the homes of the well-to-do and the rich achi tells us that the poor people have but few comforts some of their houses have only one or two rooms and only a little furniture made of rough wood the food of the chinese in eating our meals at the home of achi we sit upon chairs at the dining table with the family the dishes are much like those we have in america the chinese use plates bowls and cups the teacups are brought to the table with the saucers on top the chinese eat with chopsticks but we have already learned how to use them in japan and we get along very well there are no napkins but after the meal a servant brings in a bowl of hot water and dips a white cloth in it this wet cloth is then passed around the table and everyone wipes his face and hands with it we have good things to eat we have soup fish and vegetables and meats of all kinds the meat is cut into bits so that we can pick it up with our chopsticks we have rice and boiled bread and all sorts of stews the chinese have good markets and we have our choice of many things to eat the chinese grow apples peaches pears oranges and grapes they grow red persimmons as sweet as honey and four times as large as your fist they raise sheep and hogs and chickens and geese and ducks many ducks are raised upon boats the duck boats are flat and one boat may hold four or five hundred fowls the ducks feed on the low swampy banks of the streams the owner of the boat rows it to one of these places every morning and evening he then lays a board from the boat to the bank and the ducks run out and pick up all the worms and snails that they can find in the mud after they have been eating for an hour or more the duck captain whistles and the ducks are so trained that they run at once to the boat they run as fast as they can for the last duck on board always gets a sharp blow with a stick when the ducks are grown up the owner carries them to the city for sale the main food of the poorer chinese is rice or other grain and vegetables with fish of one kind or another at great feasts the well-to-do people have a soup of birds nests or of sharks fins and many dishes of meat with vegetables fruits cakes sweetmeats and candies the birds nests used for soup are a queer kind that look like vermicelli the chief drink is hot tea or hot water the chinese do not drink anything cold and they think that tea when fresh made is the finest drink in the world new year's day in china before setting out on our journey this morning the boys and girls of our party have a talk about which day of the year they like the best sally says i like christmas for then santa claus comes and i get presents i like the fourth of july says john for then we all go into the country and have a picnic under the trees but sue says the best day of all is thanksgiving when we have a big turkey and doughnuts and hot mince pie full of raisins and now let us hear from ah chi he does not understand our christmas or thanksgiving or the fourth of july but he has one holiday that takes the place of all others this is new year's day every chinese child is considered one year older that day and he trots about calling and wishing his friends many happy returns 
the chinese new year's is in some ways like our fourth of july on the night before everyone shoots off firecrackers and there are fireworks of all kinds with pictures of birds animals and fish made by the flames on that night the children run through the streets shouting their good resolutions one boy will go along crying out i want to sell my lazy ways and another i am ready to sell my folly and i hope to be wiser next year new year's morning is like our christmas morning when we all find gifts in our stockings the presents of the chinese child come wrapped in red paper this is because red is the color of good luck and everyone wants good luck for the new year for that reason the eggs used on new year's day are dyed red and many of the dinners are served in red dishes new year's day and the two weeks that come after it are the great chinese holiday season then everyone tries to have a good time there are parties and dinners and feasting there are shows in the streets and many things to eat are sold there games of all sorts are played everyone who can afford it puts on a new suit and no one works who can help it the toy store yi su's black eyes brighten as she speaks of last new year's and tells of the toys she got then Achi asks us if we would not like to see a toy store and we go with him to the business part of the city here the streets are lined with stores in which people are buying and selling the crowd is so great that we can hardly get through the outside doors of the shops have been taken away for the day and we can see everything as we go through the streets the clerks are dressed in silk gowns and they keep their caps on here is a store that sells only tea next door is one that has beautiful silks and farther on are some that sell sugar ginger and candies and cakes there are hat stores and shoe stores fur stores and bookstores and stores that sell lanterns and fans and kites there are many workshops here is one where some chinese girls are spinning and weaving next door men and boys are making things out of copper and brass and on a side street others are carving wood and painting on paper and silk china is one of the busy lands of the world and its people make and sell almost everything under the sun but here we are at a toy store i am sure we have never seen such odd playthings before there are doll babies of wood clay or rags all dressed in chinese fashion there are men dolls in silk gowns and women dolls in silk trousers and tiny silk shoes there are all sorts of toy animals we see baby camels the size of a rat and horses and cows some of them so small that you can hold a dozen in the palm of your hand and then there are little chickens with real feathers on them they are so lifelike that we almost expect them to crow there are tiny ducks and geese made of wood covered with down and fuzzy little ducklings that will quack when you squeeze them there are all kinds of play furniture of chinese fashion so that one can buy a doll and a whole housekeeping outfit without turning around and then there are dancing toys by the score there are tiny men and women an inch or so high hopping about upon a brass pan they have bristles stuck in their feet and they stand on the ends of the bristles as we tap the pan the little figures dance up and down and go whirling around as if they were really alive in the same part of the city are kite stores and bird stores and places where books and games are sold the children of china have as many different games as we have they play blind man's buff and shuttlecock and a game in which they knock a ball into the air with their heels the chinese are fond of pets we see boys and men going about carrying birds upon sticks 
the bird is fastened to the stick by a string tied to its leg and it can fly only a short distance ah chi keeps pigeons and he shows us some wooden whistles which he ties to their tails as the birds fly through the air the whistle makes such a shrill sound that it scares off the hawks chinese schools and school books on our way home from the stores we visit a chinese school Achi tells us that the teachers are great men and that we must bow low when we meet them the school children are polite they are taught to look up to their parents and elders and are punished severely if they are not polite to their teachers the chinese have one school book that has three thousand rules for good manners another is full of stories about boys who were so good to their parents that they are now famous all over china as we enter a schoolroom we see that the teacher is wearing his cap and the boys at their desks have their caps on their heads this is the custom in china the school books seem strange the lines run up and down the page instead of across it and the beginning of the book is at what we should call the back each letter means a whole word and a boy must learn hundreds of words before he can read in some of the rooms the boys are learning to write they use a little brush instead of a pen and print the letters in black ink on white paper it takes great skill to write well in other rooms the children are studying arithmetic each boy has a brush and paper and a counting box of wooden buttons strung upon wires like those of japan End of chapter seven